I'm hard on myself. It comes from being a perfectionist. Sometimes it's like I don't think I'm good enough. Or when I'm not able to do something, I'm really hard on myself. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 62. Today, I want to talk about an interesting, but can be a difficult topic. Why are we so hard on ourselves? It's March 2022, two years from the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. I remember March 2020. I had just returned from a ski summit, National Brotherhood of Ski Summit, annual summit. I had COVID. I was at home because I had to be at home two weeks from the last contact I had with a positive person. I was presumed to be positive, but they didn't have many tests at that time. I... It hurt my knee and ultimately had to have surgery on it. And I'm still dealing with some issues related to that. I still had a job, but over the two years, my financial situation took a hit. While elective surgeries weren't priority and they shouldn't have been. And I also work at a safety net hospital, meaning patients who don't have great insurance or some don't even have insurance at all. The hospital supplemented my salary, but they stopped. So I had to build my own cases, which wasn't much at all. And I could stay there um, because I was paying to work with my overhead. So I started doing primarily locums. And what locums is, is a traveling doctor. They have traveling nurses. They have traveling physicians as well. I started doing some utilization review. And what that is, is if you need an MRI, um, CT scan, you require pre-authorization from the insurance company in order to get this study done. Most of it's done via nurses, but oftentimes they need a physician to review. Or if, say, it was denied and a physician wants to speak with another physician called peer review, I do that. It's interesting because I learned what needs to be documented when I order studies or even for certain surgeries, you need pre-authorization. So it's education as well. So this podcast is speaking to me because over the last six or seven weeks, I've been on a goal like crazy. It started with the summit. The ski summit returned. So this year was our 49th year since the National Brotherhood of Skiers started. We had our annual ski summit in Aspen, Colorado. It was great to be back on the slopes with at least 1,500 other members of the organization. I skied six days straight 
I don't think I've ever skied that much at the summit, but some days were just a couple of hours. I'm also the race director for my club, so I helped with many races and also signed up for things. We get club points because it's competition, different clubs competing against each other, and you also have age group competition. So I actually competed <laughs> in three events, the vertical challenge, which is just, you just snapshot your um, runs for the day and add up the, the vertical feet. Also, I participated in terrain park, although what I really did was just get over the little bumps, but we still got points for the club. I might do try to do a little bit more next year. And I also did this new competition. It's basically to get people into doing backcountry. To do backcountry, you have to hike up, you ski down. So the competition part was hiking up. You have special boots and skis with skins. And the skins put on the bottom of the skis prevent you from sliding backwards. And you hike up and ski down. So the competition part is the hiking up part. So I sucked at it, and it's a lot of hard work. But it was fun. Wore my legs out because after I did the uphill challenge, we had another race. It's called a fun showcase race. But my legs were shot. By the time I got home, I was worn out. I felt like I had done a race from lack of sleep, from skiing every day. And also at the summit, there were happy hours. We didn't have parties like in the past. And we had happy hours that were spread out, COVID precautions, so it wouldn't be so many people. But it's a lot of dancing, a lot of staying up late. So I didn't get much sleep. So I came home. I was physically fatigued. And I'm in the process of training because on my schedule, I have at least two races this summer, July and August. So, But I couldn't do anything. I was so tired. And then I felt congested as well. So in the weekend after that, I got back from Summit. I went to Atlanta to see New Edition. I'm a number one New Edition fan. I've been listening to them since I was in grade school. I used to have a crush on Ronnie, Ralph, although I loved all New Edition, but Ronnie and Ralph were my favorite of the group. Every time I hear New Edition is in town, I have to see them. And the weekend that they were supposed to be in Chicago, I was scheduled to be in Houston, Texas. So I went to Atlanta. I figured that was the easiest location because I had somewhere to stay and it's easy to get in and out. So I saw a new edition and it was wonderful, but I was tired. I saw a new edition Sunday night. It came back Monday morning, went directly to work. The weekend after that, um, which actually Wednesday, I went to I flew into Charlotte, North Carolina, <laughs> and um, for our ski club, Sugar Spice Ski and Social Club, we have a youth trip, and I wanted to take my godson, he's 15 years old, on a ski trip just to experience something new. I remember growing up in Mississippi, which is where I'm from, spring break, not many of my friends went to big places such as skiing. It was something the white kids did. Not many black people that I knew of ever skied. And I, at that time, thought that skiing was not something black people did. I've learned quite the contrary as an adult. 
I wanted to introduce him into skiing. He may or may not like it, so but I thought it'd be fun. And I always try to be an active participant in my ski club. I'm the race director. I'm also the health and safety director. And I just I love the club and the camaraderie and the, the things that we stand for, not just skiing. We do a lot of other things as well. If the National Brotherhood of Skiers is going to continue and the purpose was started to get more Black people and people of color on the mountain and to support, sponsor a Black person, a person of color in the Winter Olympics, we need to introduce it to the youth so the legacy can continue. So I flew into Charlotte Wednesday and my godson flew into Charlotte on Thursday. So I used to live in Charlotte and I hadn't been there in years, at least 10. So I got a chance to see some friends, line sister, although I was only there for from Wednesday to Thursday. So I stayed with one of my friends. We were great friends. She's actually the one who introduced me to the summit. When I lived in Charlotte, I joined the Breezers. That was my first ski club. And the reason I joined was just to meet people. I was new in Charlotte and I just was trying to find some new social networks. And I'm not afraid to try new things. So I joined the ski club, went on a few trips locally in North Carolina area. Actually, Boone was the first place I actually skied. But we had to catch up, so we talked and talked and talked, so I didn't get much sleep. We made it to Boone on Thursday. Cameron, my godson, took lessons on Thursday and Friday. He actually did great, better than I did when I first started skiing, although I don't think I told him that. Because <laughs> um, he's so competitive. But he had a great time skiing. He skied well and is a little fearless. He needs to learn how to control some of that speed and to learn how to stop so he don't run into people. So I got back to Charlotte on Sunday. He flew back to Mississippi and I flew back to Chicago on Monday. And then another trip. It just so happened that all these trips were back to back. Wasn't planned. It just happened to be the way things worked out. So the Wednesday, I flew to Houston for a triathlon camp. I had signed up for a swim camp in 2020. Swimming is my weakness out of the three sports of a triathlon, which is swimming, biking, and running. So I signed up for a swim camp and swim analysis by Robbie it was one of the coaches with Crush and Iron. I started listening to their podcast. And I'm not really sure how I started listening to their podcast, but I really enjoy it. So this was a full triathlon camp, meaning we did everything versus what I had originally signed up for was a swim camp. So since they no longer have solely swim camps, I just rolled over what I paid for the swim camp in 2020 until the tri camp this year. And the reason that I wanted to do the tri camp this year was to get some open water swimming in early. In Chicago, we can't really get into the lake till June because it's too cold. And also, I learned 
with the swim analysis that Robbie is a great swim coach. He gave me great tips as far as to improve my stroke and to improve my um, my technique. Because I really, really used to drag my feet when I swam. But uh, that's improved. But swimming is very, very technical. And maybe it's one of the reasons I actually enjoy it. So the skiing is technical too. It's it's funny how you use your core and your body position and things you think wouldn't make sense, kind of counterintuitive if what it's what makes you better at this sport. Season three, we will continue the new segment called Ask the Dog. If you have any questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, go to my website, www.weouilife.com, click on the tab voicemail, leave your voicemail, and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now, back to the show. I was anxious to get to Texas in order to improve my swimming. Also, it's still cold in Chicago. But when I was in Houston, highs were in the 60s, one day, 80s, even though it didn't feel like 80. It wasn't that hot. It was very humid, though. So riding outside, although it was windy and flat, which aren't my favorite in riding conditions, I prefer some hills. Tailwind, I don't mind, but headwinds, sidewinds, not so much fun. But it was great to be outside riding, and I met some great people. Reason why I love sports, everything I do, running, skiing, triathlons, is the community. It's weird because triathlons are not very diverse. There are 0.5% African-Americans who participate in triathlon. And at the camp, I was one of two African-Americans there, but everyone made me feel welcome. Most of the people are from Texas, but there are people from Washington, people from South Carolina, people from Texas, people from Tennessee, which is where um, Question Iron originates, Chattanooga, Tennessee, although their operational manager actually is in the Woodlands, Texas, and that's where the um, camp was. There were people who had not done an event to people who had qualified and participated in Kona. Everybody was just nice and supportive. And, and made me feel welcome because sometimes, again, I'm hard on myself. It comes from being a perfectionist, which I had an episode about before. Sometimes it's like I don't think I'm good enough or when I'm not able to do something, I'm really hard on myself. So one thing that Robbie told me, which resonated, we had a swim session where he went through everyone's stroke what they need to work on, um, what they need to improve on. And he also gave us a lecture on just stroke mechanics, what proper stroke mechanics is. And he told me that I need to be more aggressive because a lot of swimmers swim delicate in a race with all these other people around you. There may be choppy conditions or jellyfish, depending on where you're racing. 
you need to be aggressive. And he told me like, you can swim and, and stop thinking you can't get out there like you can. I'm paraphrasing, but that resonated with me because I am so hard on myself. Sometimes I see myself as this little shy, timid girl who used to be scared to raise her hand in class. Yes, that was me. Although I'm grown, really grown. <laughs> A grown woman. And it's funny how some insecurities that you had in childhood can continue on in adulthood. And it's weird how it comes up from me being hard on myself and swimming. And over the course of the last five weeks since I've been traveling, I've been so tired. Like some days, like last week, all I can do is work and sleep. Then I had a lot of doctor's appointments to catch up on. I had a crash. I had a bike crash in July and I hurt my hand. I had to follow up with hand surgeon. And my knee's been bothering me. And I'm kind of sad because I might need another knee surgery because it still bothered me. The reason I had the surgery in the first place is so I could run because I could do everything else before. But running aggravated it. And running still aggravates. It's better and it's different, but I can't really run. I can do intervals, but if I run Saturday really hard and try to go Sunday, I can't run. It's like I have to walk. My knee is still bothering me and I can't do what I need to do. If I run on Saturday, really run. Not hard, but just run. Sunday, I can't run. It's too much stress on my knee. I have to walk. And I'm trying to train for half Ironman, Ironman races. So I need to progressively increase my load, not decrease, increase, decrease, increase, decrease. Because that's what happens. Because if I increase, my knee swells and it hurts. So I have to decrease. So it's a fighting battle. I can cycle. But if it's hilly ride or a hard ride on my trainer with a lot of resistance, it bothers my knee. Swimming sometimes does too, even though I don't kick a lot, it still sometimes bothers it. So I had an MRI on last week, and we'll see next week whether they're going to go to knife again. So this month, I've really been hard on myself because I'm not motivated. I'm motivated to ski because I can, but I can't ski like I could before. I have to wear a brace, and I can't be as aggressive because that's how I hurt my knee in the first place. Hard on myself because I missed a lot of workouts. I hate seeing red on my training peaks, which is like a little training peaks tracks what you do. And my coach puts in my workouts. So it's been red a lot. And I feel bad. And I even told him, he was like, you're tired and you need to rest. But I don't see it like that. I feel like I'm like failing because I miss a swim. I miss a bike. I missed a lot. And I just feel like I need to rest. I need physical and mental rest because I just I'm tired. <laughs> I'm physically and, and mentally tired and drained. And it may just be because I've just been on the go, but it may just be life. It may just be over, over the winter. And it may just be because I'm sad because some of the things I love to do, I can't do them like I want to. And that makes me sad. Hopefully, after I figure out what's up with this knee, Figure out what's up my summer and what's up with these races and have a definitive plan. My motivation will return and I can go back to being happy-go-lucky weeder. Because lately, it hasn't been. I need to give myself grace. I'm done to rest. Recover.
and regroup and see what's next. So I can say to myself, stop being so hard on myself. Show myself grace. And then I hope you, whatever, whether it be professionally, whether it be on an athletic endeavor, show yourself some grace. We all need to rest, regroup, and rejuvenate. So thanks for listening. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email runitischeaperthantherapyolbomahalovebrown. Again, that's runitischeaperthantherapyolbomahalovebrown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love. OUI Life, OUI Love. Thank you, and please tune in again.